Welcome to the Get Over Yourself podcast. This is author and athlete Brad Kearns discovering ways to be healthy, fit, and happy in hectic, high-stress modern life. So let's slow down and take a deep breath, take a cold plunge, and expertly balance that competitive intensity with an appreciation of the journey. That's the theme of the show. Here we go. If you've just trained at a comfortable pace and never challenge yourself with explosive effort, you're going to have a really hard time uh, preserving that form. So that does have an important contribution to your fitness, to uh, challenge the anaerobic muscle fibers, to do brief explosive efforts, and mix that in to predominantly aerobic training. Every morning, waking up and not being able to put weight on my foot, how ridiculous is that? Until I got into the hot shower or the jacuzzi and did some exercises and finally got that thing working and pretty much cured it once and for all with a few weeks of these focused stretches that I present on the video. Once in a while, you hit it hard, you open up the throttle now and then, and I favor doing the uh, sprint workouts that I talk about so much and have dedicated entire shows to, whereby the workout, uh, the, the exercise duration is so short that you're not really stressing the system that much. So if you're a marathon runner and you want to once in a while go out and do my highly recommended uh, workout template of 8 times 70 meters with extensive rest periods in between these 70 meters, that's going to help you with your form, your technique, uh, your anaerobic capacity, your oxidative fast twitch muscle fibers, and those things will make a nice contribution to your marathon performance. This is Brad. I want to tell you about my life-changing acquisition of a personal home-use sauna. I have a 6x6 barrel sauna in my backyard, ready-made heat therapy, a fabulous unit from Almost Heaven. Check out their website. You can very affordably order your own sauna for installation in your backyard or garage and have a sauna experience, the fabulous health benefits accruing from exposure to hot temperatures. Get that sweat going. These are beautiful, traditional dry barrel saunas where you splash the water on the rocks, go in there and relax. It's become a social centerpiece at my home. People traveling from far and wide to come check out the barrel sauna, turn the dial or set the timer and walk in to 200 degrees in the Caribbean seas. For some reason, people like to come to the sauna more than my cold tub. Go figure. Check out almostheaven.com and their beautiful natural wood designs. And pretty soon, surprisingly affordable, you will be in the home sauna business. Hey, we got more Q&A. Be careful. Here we go. Look, I want to get married like the curry Stefan Aisha. Let's go. Let's do this. Sheila writes in about that wonderful fun subject of plantar fasciitis and the viral YouTube video, Brad Kern's plantar fasciitis, heal it once and for all. Sheila tried the video, tried the exercises on the video. Admittedly, she does have tight calves. The usual stretching orthotics, doctors, podiatrists, 
and everybody else told me to do really irritated things. I had plantar fasciitis so bad I was on temporary disability for four months from work. Yes, I know people that have had to change their careers due to uh, the extreme plantar fasciitis cases where they're rendered unable to walk and stand on our feet. It's tragic when it's so easy to heal it. Well, maybe not that simple on the individual cases, but I've had great response from my video and now up to, I forget, 300,000 views or something. So it must be working. And it certainly worked for me as I relayed on the video. I had a 15-year case on and off of mild to severe plantar fasciitis where I was almost debilitated every morning, waking up and not being able to put weight on my foot. How ridiculous is that? Until I got into the hot shower or the jacuzzi and did some exercises and finally got that thing working and pretty much cured it once and for all with a few weeks of these focused stretches that I present on the video. So back to Sheila. I'm back to doing things now. I go to physical therapy, very light stretching, doing some strengthening things like standing on the half ball, uh, other balancing gadgets, balance boards, reclining bikes. It's coming along slowly. I ice and do all that stuff. Okay, so she started doing these prolonged stretches that I demonstrate on the video. I did it for four days and my tissues seemed to flare up. I had a rough day. I went to physical therapy, did my routine, iced at night. The next day wasn't so bad. I was able to walk at work. Uh, I have to be on my feet because I do activities director at Senior Living. My question is, is this going to be something that I just have to go through to get to the other side? What she means is that the stretches obviously irritate her tissues, like you said at the insertion points and so forth on the video. But will it reach a point where the calves are lengthened and the discomfort subsides? My legs, after three to four days of stretching, did feel better in some ways. The toes felt more stretched out, things like that. Not as much burning, but the tissues are just so tender when I walk. I'm sorry to bombard you, but I really want this to work, and I'm scared. As you can imagine, when you start to feel a bit better, it's just not quite enough, and things kind of return back. And I definitely uh, relay there, Sheila, where you do the stretches, you're getting some relief, you think you're getting better, and then something sets you off. I used to run a kid's fitness program, so I'd spend a long day out out there running around with the kids at the elementary schools or coaching soccer and feeling okay while you're moving and the blood's flowing and then the next morning you wake up like a bomb hit your foot. So the uh, video is extremely important to go watch and understand what I'm talking about, uh, but you have to stick with it. And of course you want to uh, stretch to the point of discomfort, but not pain and not overdoing it such that you have a uh, traumatized the next day. And that's really important because the body will just recoil and your, your um, muscles will return to tightness and perhaps over tighten. Anyone who's injured their low back knows that. You were doing something where you were uh, flexing, going through the range of motion, and then all of a sudden everything locks up and you're debilitated for a long period of time after overdoing it. So the idea here is to be consistent, to hold these stretches for a long period of time, just to that point where it's pretty uncomfortable, but not uh, going too crazy and getting overly enthusiastic. And of course, I was guilty of that when I wanted to heal so badly that I'd push it a little bit too much and be sore for a few days and have to kind of take a few steps back. So consistency is really important there with these prolonged stretches that in many, many cases will cure even the worst cases of plantar fasciitis. Good luck. Thank you so much, Sheila. And hey, I want to tell you about Schwank Grills. This is a revolutionary 
portable gas infrared grill that uses the exact same heating technology as the world's best steakhouses. You heat up to 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit to grill the juiciest steak you've ever tasted in as little as three minutes. Can you believe it? That's right. You do not have to go to those crowded, noisy, super overpriced steakhouses anymore when you have the same technology in your backyard. And the Schwank portable infrared grill is not just for steak. You can make chicken wings hamburgers, seafood, lobster, vegetables. I make salmon in three minutes. They even have a pizza stone accessory. I want you to visit their very informative and mouth-watering website at schwankgrills.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-N-K. Everything you cook, faster, juicier. The speed is so important, so convenient. Uh, There's a drip tray on the bottom, so you let the juices drip down. I love the bison burger, the venison burgers. That's my game. And then you can add a mixture of butter, spices, whatever you want, into the tray. Pour it back onto your meat or your salmon for a huge improvement in flavor. Are you getting hungry? I am. (laughs) Let's go to schwankgrills.com, S-C-H-W-A-N-K, grills.com, and up your home cooking game. This is a -a one-of-a-kind grill. I have a great discount code for you, of course. It's BRAD150 to save $150 off your purchase of a Schwank grill. Next, let's check in with Paul in Minneapolis. Hey, Brad, I'm a huge fan. I really enjoy your personal approach to your podcast. They always connect with me. Thank you. Thank you for writing in, Paul. I appreciate it, man. Here's this question. In keeping with the math method of training, how do I lay out my marathon training schedule? I know how to train for a marathon the conventional way, but how do I make the transition to the math method of training for a marathon? I don't think you've touched on this in your previous podcast. Okay, so look, you're racing, (laughs) you're trying to complete a 26.2 mile event. I would say racing uh, qualifies if you're... uh, in the Olympic trials or perhaps trying to break three hours, you know, at the very, very front of the pack where the people are very focused on keeping a certain pace that's really, really challenging, uh, reacting to their competitors, trying to place on the podium in their age group or overall. So most of the people who are uh, preparing for a marathon, just want to finish and finish strong uh, without having to be picked up by Uber at mile 21. Uh, that is being the case, we have to realize, acknowledge that a 26.2 mile marathon is 99.9% aerobic in the energy system being used. So you're going to be burning fat and exercising aerobically as opposed to the shorter events, such as in track and field, where they're a mix of aerobic and anaerobic. But shockingly so, this is from exercise physiology textbooks. This is not some speculation. Uh, The energy contribution uh, of even a short distance event is largely aerobic. So you're thinking about like a 5K where most endurance athletes think that that's uh, a speed event and they're going way down to 5K instead of the usual 10K or half marathon. Even a 5K is upwards of 90% aerobic. Uh, The cutoff point between 50-50, you're not going to believe this, but 50-50 in terms of aerobic versus anaerobic energy contribution uh, is an all-out effort of 1 minute and 15 seconds. So the mile uh, is going to be 
it, where a lot of people think that's a speed event and you see the guys kicking it in in 49 seconds, uh, fantastic performances in the Olympics, uh, but even the mile because it's lasting, you know, double that length uh, over double the 50-50 point is going to be something like 60-40 aerobic to anaerobic. And then when you get up to a two hour event, the fastest marathon runners, of course, you're talking about 98% aerobic, even for the record setting uh, runners at the front of the pack. So if that's so, then you're going to devote most of your training energy to building your endurance, building your aerobic system, and not interfering with that progress with high-stress anaerobic, high-intensity workouts. Yes, they do make a contribution to your fitness progress. So a very highly trained aerobic athlete that wants to improve their marathon performance will benefit from, for example, jumping into the occasional 5K or 10K and working those anaerobic heart rates, uh, building speed, building leg turnover, going to the track on Tuesday night and working with the, the noted coach in the area to do series of 400 meter or 800 meter repeats. Because when you train the uh, oxidative fast twitch muscle fibers, they will make a contribution to your endurance performance because when the slow twitch fibers exhaust themselves, which comes about mile 20 for a lot of people, uh, you will start to recruit oxidative fast twitch fibers to perform aerobically because they have the ability to use oxygen. So they can kind of go uh, both ways. They can be fast twitch and uh, not use oxygen, or they can uh, convert into uh, helping you jog slowly when you your uh, slow twitch is is fried and you kind of get those sensations when uh, your hip flexors just get dull and non-functional uh, when your calves are cramping up when your low back is tightening up these are signs that the slow twitch muscle fibers are exhausted and you have to dip into your reserves and somehow get to the finish line so that high intensity those explosive workouts doing the old uh, crossfit endurance stuff brian mckenzie where you're doing box jumps and rope climbs and things that are building upper body strength these are valuable exercises to help you preserve form and good technique even as you fatigue if you look at my running technique instruction video on youtube brad kern's running technique instruction it's gone viral baby it's like four hundred thousand views now i can't believe it we just filmed it randomly we're driving by some park in portland and brian and i stopped and said hey let's do some uh, some of that running technique stuff we talked about and boom there it is for everyone to help learn how to run at all speeds with good technique but what happens when you fatigue if you've just trained at a comfortable pace and never challenged yourself with explosive effort, you're going to have a really hard time uh, preserving that form. So that does have an important contribution to your fitness to uh, challenge the anaerobic muscle fibers, to do brief explosive efforts and mix that in to predominantly aerobic training. Here's the problem with most endurance athletes, most people training for the marathon. They way, way, way overdo it with the... Uh, high intensity work. They feel some sort of obligation to do a track workout every Tuesday night or to do a tempo effort every Thursday afternoon and try to be consistent and keep throwing these high stress workouts into the mix. And that easily can compromise your aerobic development due to the high requ recovery requirement of these high intensity efforts. So, uh, the recommendation for training for a marathon is to really, really focus on honing that aerobic base. 
That means the vast majority of your training sessions are at 180 minus age heart rate or below. Very, very comfortable. And the way to push yourself, challenge yourself, prepare for the,、uh, the grueling competitive environment is to extend the duration of your long runs. So it's no funny business to try to go extend from an hour and a half long run up to two hours, up to two and a half hours, up to three hours. And so you're going to require a lot of、uh, resting, taking it easy in advance of those long runs, and also a lot of recovery time after. So it does not leave a lot of room for the day at the gym when you're throwing weights around, jumping up on the box, or heading to the track on Tuesday night and running 400 meter intervals. So those efforts should take a back seat, be on the back, 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 back burner until you are extremely Competent aerobically. And I'm talking about those males who are trying to break three hours or females trying to break 330 that have really been working hard, working on their pace,、uh, performing in those shorter distance competitions of 5K, 10K, half marathon, and looking to improve from a seven minute mile down to a 645. Yeah, those track workouts are going to be magic. You're going to improve very quickly and significantly from throwing in that high intensity. Unfortunately, what I see when I'm looking at the marathon results these days, such as As the Los Angeles Marathon, where 90% of the finishers are over four hours, that equates to what, an eight minute mile or even slower than that? So, when we're talking about jogging and we're not talking about explosive output,、uh, we can see tremendous room for improvement just by improving your aerobic efficiency. I talk about this in great detail in the book Primal Endurance and the video course. Look all about it at primalendurance.fit, including some quick videos that will give you the quick overview that you want to、uh, have some takeaways from without getting too deep into it. But essentially, as you improve your aerobic capacity, your maximum aerobic Function test result will be the greatest tracker of your marathon potential. And a maximum aerobic function test is where you、uh, perform a certain、uh, repeatable test, such as going to the running track and running eight laps around the track at a fixed heart rate equating to your aerobic maximum of 180 minus age. So you'll head out to the track, warm up. If you're 50 years old, 180 minus 50 is 130. So, you will try to set your heart at 130 and keep as close to that as possible while timing yourself over that eight lap distance, for example. And over time, you should drop your time, nice、uh, progressive drop from, let's say, a nine minute pace to an 845, to an 830, to an 815. And that can translate into taking huge chunks of time off of your marathon performance. So, working that aerobic system, extending out the duration of your long runs, always feeling strong and comfortable when you attempt something like a long run rather than、uh, plunging into the chronic patterns that are so common in the marathon training scene. That's where you're going to feel great. And then someday, once in a while, you hit it hard, you open up the throttle now and then. And I favor doing the、uh, sprint workouts that I talk about so much and have dedicated entire shows to, whereby the workout,、uh, the 
the exercise duration is so short that you're not really stressing the system that much. So if you're a marathon runner and you want to once in a while go out and do my highly recommended uh, workout template of eight times 70 meters with extensive rest periods in between these 70 meters, that's going to help you with your form, your technique, uh, your anaerobic capacity, your oxidative fast twitch muscle fibers, and those things will make a nice contribution to your marathon performance without the extreme cost uh, in recovery and potential breakdown and burnout that you might get from doing uh, a workout like eight quarters, you know, eight times 400 meters. Whew, huge difference. So if you're going to sprint, you're going to go hard, go in between 10 and 20 seconds, as I talk about in detail on my uh, breather show about sprinting, because that's the point of minimal cellular destruction and maximum uh, training benefit, maximum hormonal benefit. How's that sound, Paul? Go long. I want to tell you about wildhealth.com. They're an online provider of comprehensive precision medicine and health consultation services. They offer DNA analysis, custom lab panels, extensive medical intake form with family history and lifestyle preferences, and regular online visits with a board-certified precision medicine physician and a health coach whom you can message anytime through their convenient app. Wild Health evaluates your data to determine what you need for nutrition, exercise, sleep, and supplements, and you can experiment, consult, and retest to get everything dialed in. You'll get a cutting-edge epigenetic test of DNA methylation to calculate your all-important biological age and have fun lowering your age over time instead of following the mainstream path to accelerated aging. It's time to strive for awesome instead of just normal. Did you realize that only 6.8% of Americans are deemed metabolically healthy and only 2% are declared optimal? That's disgraceful, but you can turn things around quickly. Please visit wildhealth.com and you will see that this is the absolute gold standard of personalized medicine and it's available to you right now. Telemedicine available anywhere in the USA. Wild Health is generously extending BRAD podcast listeners 20% off the cost of membership. Just visit wildhealth.com slash Brad or use the code BRAD20 at checkout to get 20% off and start taking control of your health today at wildhealth.com slash Brad. Long, baby, go slow and go long until further notice. Here come Jason with another question. Brad, can you help me understand something? First of all, I'm not an athlete. I'm 38, and I've been yo-yoing in and out of primal keto lifestyle for years. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I don't hear that too often. Most people that come into the ancestral health scene and ditch grains and sugars and refine vegetable oils from the diet kind of uh, end up uh, with an awakening of health and don't need to go back into the uh, sugar-burning lifestyle ever again. So yo-yoing out is a big concern there because I'm guessing that means that you kind of fall off the uh, commitment of uh, eliminating those uh, refined foods that are high insulin stimulating. Uh, and indeed, Jason says that he's on blood pressure medication right now at the tender age of 38. That's no bueno. Uh, so the good news, besides being on medication, that's unfortunate. And we always want to work toward naturally uh, changing our lifestyle so that we can one day walk into the doctor's office and uh, get recommended to uh, stop taking our meds. Good news, he's lost 26 pounds. 
and kept my weight at around 180 to 182 for a year. More interesting Jason news is that he has a twin brother who has regular blood pressure and is 20 pounds lighter than he. So let's say he's at 160. Uh, therefore, with that twin competitiveness and inspiration, of course, he's trying to lose more weight, maybe get down to his brother's weight, uh, showing the potential for his genetics to be optimized, right? If your twin's down there at 160, you certainly have the capability to be there. And of course, eventually get off blood pressure meds. Jason says, I discovered your Primal Endurance podcast. I checked out the math method of running with a heart rate monitor. His max is 142, 132 around there. That sounds good at the age of 38. Now, mind you, I can run three miles every day with no issues, and my long runs are about six miles. Here's where it gets baffling to me. After the first mile, I have to walk very fast, then jog briefly, then walk fast, then jog, and walk over and over because uh, my very slowest jogging pace, the heart rate exceeds that math uh, limit gets up to 147 to 161. Ouch. Do I need to bump up my numbers or is that really how slow I have to go? I'm not that out of shape, am I? <sighs> Jason, don't worry about it, man. Here's the thing. You are giving your cardiovascular system the proper workout at the proper heart rate range to achieve this maximum fat oxidation per minute that we're so interested in with a minimal amount of anaerobic stimulation. So you want to teach yourself to become a good fat burner around the clock and not kick into that glucose burning heart rate zone, which is going to affect your dietary habits in the aftermath of these workouts that are too stressful, especially if you do it every single day, like you report. So it's very, very important to keep that maximum aerobic heart rate 180 minus age, in your case, 142, you want to keep to that every time you go out there and exercise, almost every time. Uh, if you're an athlete preparing for an event, we got some different considerations. But in your case, you want to get your uh, blood pressure correct. You want to lose uh, the extra body fat that's still there after your great success of dropping 26 pounds. And that is going to be accessed by slowing down and being patient and allowing your fat burning capabilities to uh, continue to improve with aerobic exercise. Okay, so that is the prescription. That's the recommendation. And I wouldn't uh, be negative about it saying I'm not that out of shape, am I? But I do hear your frustration. It's shared by thousands and thousands of athletes when they come to this uh, uh, new uh, manner of training, getting away from the high stress training patterns that are so common. Uh, it is a often disturbing awakening to realize how slow your maximum aerobic pace correlates with. But it doesn't matter, remember, because you're just training the energy systems of your body. So no one's judging you that you have to walk, jog, walk, jog. That's a great, great workout. And you are challenging your system at the same level as an elite athlete who's running down the street at five minutes and 20 seconds per mile, right? Galen Rupp, great American marathon runner. He just won the Olympic trials again. Oh man, after a series of injuries, coming back and peaking at the right time. One of the great uh, American distance runners of all time, maybe the number one if he keeps up and has another great performance in the Olympics. And uh, he can run down the street at five minutes and 30 seconds per mile and and stay entirely aerobic, just like you, jogging, walking, jogging, walking. 
So you don't want to stress your system any more than an elite athlete, right? You don't want your training program to be more difficult than an elite athlete. So there's a lot of call for restraint and respecting the importance of that heart rate zone that correlates to your maximum fat burning per minute. So keep with it. And then the wonderful thing that happens as you improve your aerobic efficiency is that you do get a little better, a little better, a little better at that same aerobic heart rate over time of six months, 12 months, uh, however long it takes to see that uh, improvement curve happen, which means that right now, if you're having to walk, jog, walk, jog, walk, and keep your heart rate down, someday, believe it or not, you're going to be able to turn that into a jog, 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 steady jog, and then the jogging pace gets a little faster, gets a little faster, and that is the beauty of uh, adhering to the aerobic training philosophy as conveyed by Primal Endurance and as conveyed by Phil Maffetone. So good luck. Keep at it. Thanks for writing in, Jason. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another Breathe the Show Q&A style. Please spread the word and make a review, make a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I would be greatly appreciative. Uh, I listen to those shows on Overcast. It's a nice app that allows you to sort your shows and make playlists and stuff. And it also has this really cool thing where you can uh, extract your own audio clip of a couple minutes length and text it over to your friend. Say, hey, listen to this guy. What do you think? And then we attract new listeners to the show. Okay, that's my request and my great appreciation if you have the patience to do that. Uh, similarly, uh, Apple Podcasts, the number one uh, vehicle for dispensing podcasts, most popular. Uh, it takes a little bit of effort to go online and launch your iTunes app from uh, an actual computer. And that's the only way you can leave a review. Uh, but it takes, you know, one minute of navigating. And then you find the button where it says uh, the, the reviews on the show. And then there's something that says write a review. And you can join the ranks of people saying, hey, Check out this Get Over Yourself stuff. It's great. It's fun. And I appreciate you. Thanks again. Did I bleep out all the profanity? I don't know, Cardi B. Thank you, though. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the show. We would love your feedback at getoveryourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And we would also love if you could leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a hassle. You have to go to desktop iTunes, click on the tab that says ratings and reviews, and then click to rate the show anywhere from five to five stars. And it really helps spread the word so more people can find the show and get over themselves, because they need to. Thanks for doing it.